We're alive, everybody, and we're going around the world. Not in 80 days, but by the Spirit of the living God. Okay, no jokes. <laughs> I give up on this crew. Usually I laugh. <laughs> okay. But don't, don't feel so bad if you end up being the target of the class tonight. Everybody, it's just a, a blessing. I, I tell you, from behind the scenes, it may not seem like God is doing anything with WLC, but I'm going to tell you, God is moving. I just, in his timing, you all are going to have your britches shocked, okay? And uh, the uh, last Thursday, I want to share with everybody, to God be the glory, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is so awesome in all of his ways. And uh, we, uh, the youth and I, bagged up a bunch of this bread Thursday, and we went to a new neighborhood on the other side of Fellowship. And began to pass it out. In a way, it was kind of bad timing on my part because we didn't leave here until it was dark. And so it was kind of comical, Shelly. You're talking about the white privilege and stuff. That It's amazing that people are still acting that way in 21st century America because here you have... Predominantly, our church is white with a black pastor. No, no, no. And I'm saying this because people, if they will open their eyes, they will see Jesus at work. Exactly. Okay? And they'll find out that if you truly belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, nobody would be pushed away. Nobody. I'm going to tie this in with Thursday night, Miss Marine. We went out to that neighborhood. It's a new neighborhood, and they're building one adjacent to it. And we knocked on some doors, and I was the lead guy at night going up to the door. <laughs> Big black guy. Say it again, Shelly. Big black guy. Big black guy that loves who? Jesus. Jesus. And as we were approaching, some of the white women wouldn't open the door. And I can't blame them. Mm -hmm. Okay, because in some areas, we really don't have a good track record, okay? And that's just the truth. And so what I told the teens who were all white and one black guy, I said, listen, y'all need to come up here with me so it don't look so obvious that, hey, you got this, this black guy who's probably a thug knocking on the door, and these white women are not going to open the door for him. But... The ones who did open, and they for 90% of the moments we were there were very responsive. In fact, one Hispanic family that moved up from Miami was really nice. And so I told Emma them, I said, I think uh, your pastor messed up on the timing. And I said, I believe what needs to happen, this don't necessarily need to be a youth thing, but a church thing. Miss Vicky, I mean, your beautiful smiling face out there with us. 
Because we only hit just a little portion of that neighborhood. We passed out, I guess, about 12 bags. We had about 12 houses. And then we donated the next day to FCA, to all the people that came to the fall festival, about 40 bags of bread with our cards in it. Okay, still outreach though, right? And so the youth were excited and scholar, he just didn't know how to act, but he's like, oh, let's do it. And Aiden's standing there. But then I had to beg Skylar, come go to the door with me. He was kind of like, but the dog is barking. You all need t-shirts that said witnesses of Christ. And you know what, sister? Oh, Jesus, when you're out like that, you should all be, be on one accord. Be, and you know what? I'm glad you said that because I'm going to put you in charge of that. <laughs> She's going to start biting her tongue. And I'm going to ask or you. after the costumes. <laughs> after the costumes. How about that? And I think they need to be one of the pastel colors that the youth are crazy about. What do you think, Shelly? Like the high neon or something? I don't know. Some kind of neon, whether it's green or... Yeah. Uh, okay. Next subject, everybody. <laughs> but we do need to complete that task. We need to finish reaching that neighborhood. And there are other new neighborhoods that are popping up. But I don't think any church is going to give them free food, though. And I think that would be our inroad to them, Miss Marie. Okay? And we need, we need, we need uh, a, a person of your caliber to come go with us that's very boisterous, very, uh, let's see, how can I put it with, without sounding uh, too awesome? They asserted. We don't use the word aggressive in 21st century. We say we say asserted, right, Miss? Right, right, Miss Vicky. In a so, way. Huh? A nice way. Yeah. And so we we need someone with your assertiveness to be with us because sometimes people like Shelley they don't like to talk. They get a little shy, gun shy. But you be right up front with your pastor and say, "Hey, you know that Jesus loves you." Universe <laughs> goes. Ow! Okay, you know, and then after we explain that part, then we say, yes, of course. Okay. Deacon Clinton has skills, Ms. Vicka, that we didn't know about. I did, yes. Okay. <laughs> he acts as a fun guy to be around. You know that. <laughs> he's not boring. <laughs> All the time he's boring when he's sitting here with his pastor. <laughs> but he acts like going out meeting people. And so... Guess who, uh, folks, guess what your pastor has done? I have a plan that has divided the city up into four sectors. An evangelism plan. And we're going to put certain ones in charge of each one of those sectors. And guess what? Guess who's going to be assigned a sector? Oh, I got much more planned for them. They don't realize it. Miss Vicky is going to get a sector. Miss Marie is going to get a sector. Shelly and Belinda is going to get a sector. And Tamara and her sister is going to get a sector. That will cover all areas of the city. And you're going to be responsible for doing evangelism work in your sector. Okay. Alone? No. A part of the plan, when I print the plan out, It'll show you that you have to recruit your team. That mean, that even may mean that you have to go out and witness to someone and get them saved and put them on your team. Yeah. 
Because what, what better to use someone that's newly saved to have a fresh testimony? Somebody say amen. Amen. Oh, sister, I told you, we got a plan. You just didn't know that your pastor had this plan, did y'all? Oh, y'all sitting back on. And you really thought we were stagnating? We're not stagnating. We're going to work. Because Lord Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. And guess who are the laborers? Raise your hand. That's right. Hey, if it means you leaving your teammate behind, leave your teammate behind and take your team and go work your sector. Okay. And I'll give you a little bit more on that. And then we'll talk about some other things real quick. Uh, your, the plan calls for you to get to know people in your sector. The plan get, require you also to know, is there a baseball game going on in your sector? And if so, when are you going to attend those baseball games or soccer games or football games? Are there businesses in your sector? It requires you to go and meet them. Say, hey, I'm so-and-so from Witness of Christ Ministry, and we're getting to know everybody in our sign part of the city, and we just want to let you know, what can we do for you? We're asking because Jesus loves you. Get to know those people and love them, and give them the greatest love that you can give them, and that love is what? Jesus. Okay? All this time, y'all thought we'd just been sitting dormant. No. We've been waiting for opportunities. And now, y'all got a working, an active working role in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Say yes. Yes. Oh, look at that. She didn't say yes. She just looked at me like, okay. Well, you have neighbors that you brought to church once. Get them on your team. Okay. We'll have a class on this. Mm -hmm. One night instead of Bible study, we'll do that. Yes? I'm not getting my neighbor on my team. <laughs> <laughs> because he'll cuss everyone out. <laughs> okay, we're going to move forward now. Shall we, Miss Vicky? Shall we move forward now? And uh, it's still up in the air whether or not the city going to let us participate in the parade. Because they don't think Adam and Eve needs to be in it. So since when the city stopped making theological decisions for anybody that's in the parade, my question to them, what does a motorcycle game coming through has to do with the, uh, Jesus? What does Hare Krishna has to do with Christmas? Or uh, any the other one, even people on horseback ride, what do they have to do with Christmas? If you really want to get down to it. They don't want the flow. They don't want our characters. All they want is the nativity scene. Really what they would prefer is not to have our church in it, I believe. And so, but Jesus Christ has power in the name, name of Jesus. Okay? And we are not going to take no for an answer. That's right. All right? Now, uh, the other thing, this coming Sunday, what the Lord has been showing me is for his people to get ready for miracles. We are not going to be the so-called traditional church. Are you hearing me? I don't want to be traditional. I want where people come and know that God and Jesus are with us. And I want them to know what the Lord showed me when he healed that six-month-old baby two weeks ago. Let me tell you, people are going to know WOC because of Jesus. 
and the power in the name of Jesus. Okay? That's why we want to get out here and let people know. People are running away from Jesus fast because they're saying he's boring and nothing happens in Christianity. Well, you're right. Nothing does happen in Christianity because if you look at it as Christianity, you're looking at a religion. We're saying that things happening in who? In Jesus. Amen? Amen. And we want them to see him and see him at work, the glorified Father who sits on the throne. I, I don't know about you, but I, I believe you're on, on, on board with me and seeking the Lord with all your heart. Okay? And I would like to bring back prayer to the schools. The world was wonderful when we prayed it. The Our Father, Pledge Allegiance, the flag. The world was different. Well, I can say this. Mississippi puts prayer back in the schools. Good. Did you know that recently? The state of Mississippi Good. just reinstituted prayer back in its schools. And doesn't Swanee County have that? One of the other counties in the state of Florida also. And cause Gilchrist County is the model county in the state of Florida. They told you, we are a Christian county and if you don't like it, you can go where? Get out. You can get out. Okay, and that's what I like. But we need to be about our father's business. And uh, WC, I'm telling you, what the Lord showed me last night, and, I, and Shelly, look at it. I got to share this with you. In the wee hours of the morning, the Lord spoke to me in a night vision. And in that vision, it's actually like Miss Vic and all of us was in a heavenly classroom. And the heavenly scroll was let down. And the voice said, let me show you Satan, chief demon, and how he works. And the Spirit of God, and that's who it had to be, or an angel, began to highlight this demon. And as he was talking and describing him, all of a sudden, the most beautiful piece of cloth fell down, floated down. And it was like pure silk reflecting. Shelly and I was talking about this. You know how oil get on water and the sunlight hits it and it radiates the different colors? That's the way that garment looked as it reflected that light from it. And a voice said, the cloth belongs to Satan. What did I tell you? That he's disguised in his chief demon as being someone else, when in fact he is the chief demon. Are you listening? And in that, there's four, four things it said about him. Number one, he's the most beautiful of all the demons. He's the most beautiful one. Number two, he is the fastest among all the demons. And we're not here putting Satan up on a pedestal. That's not what this is about, okay? Number three, he is a master of persuasion. And number four, he's, a, he's planning a massive attack. Did you get that? He's the most beautiful of all demons. He's the fastest of all demons. He's a master persuasion, and he's planning a massive attack. And as you were describing this stuff, it showed 
a weapon or a device that we were trying to use. You know how a pretzel, a pretzel goes all kind of ways? Well, this device was like that. And each time we tried to use it and untangle it to use it. Like a weapon. Like a weapon. It was saying uh, the, 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 uh, the very image, word of God, will flash up. And well, what is that saying to you and I? It's saying to you and I that flesh and blood can't fight this thing. No, weapon. no human weapon or human effort can fight this. It has to be fought by what? The word of God. Yeah. So get ready. Get ready. I sense the Holy Spirit is, a, is doing something with WOC. Not just us, folks. When I'm saying WOC, when I say witnesses of Christ, I'm talking about worldwide because we're not by ourselves. Amen? Amen. We are the body of Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ is going to use his children mightily. Everyone that yields to him is going to be used by the Holy Ghost. Because the people that are listening can also make their own sectors in their own neighborhood. You got it. You got it. And we got a work to do. And so it's no more, oh, uh, we need to get more people in the church. No, you need to go out and get more people in the church. Because God has equipped every one of us. Every one of us know how to witness to someone. Say yes, Miss Marie. Yes. Okay. Amen. You brought that couple to church. Bring them back. That's your mission. Get them back. Get them saved. Get them on board in the name of Jesus. That's your first mission right now. And you get your son-in-law back. Okay. We're excited about the new baby coming in a few days. We want to be there. Just the phone need to be ringing ahead of time. So we're going. Monday. Is it Monday at the women's center in North Florida? What time she has to be there? Um, her C-section is scheduled for ten o'clock. For ten o'clock. She's got to be there at 8. Okay. We need to, we need to uh, clear our calendars so that we, as much as possible, Shirley, can be there Monday. Make sure we announce that this Sunday, too, okay? Nobody forget this, all right, Deacon? Crystal, uh, Mitchell will be there. I will not be there. Why? I'm going to be home with the kids. Um, Understandable. Because, you know, a C-section, you go in for this. The baby is born right away. And uh, then she's for about two hours. They don't allow her to have any visitors while she's coming out of everything. Yeah, I understand. But Linda had C-section. I was in there with her. And then the doctor told me, come say hello to your daughter. And I got up and seen her tummy open and I laughed. Mm -hmm. I'm just crazy. And you what? Laughed. <laughs> so we're gonna I'm goofy. We can go up in the room and see her. Yeah. But that's what we want. We we don't we we know we can't complicate things, but we just want to be there as a family. We are family, mm -hmm. and we just want to be there, just like when Brother Amelia went in. Yeah. You know, when I come up. That was very nice. So, and waited with you. Um. That just about covers everything, I think. Harvey's getting baptized Sunday, and hopefully uh, I got a hold of St uh, Stormy. 
And she said, no problem, Sunday, her getting baptized. And she mentioned her boyfriend. Right before we started Bible study, she sent me a text. So we'll see. Maybe two, possibly three baptisms Sunday. And hopefully do what the Lord did last time. Remember, we went to baptize how many? And how many we got? The Lord got three that day. We baptized three. Deacon Clinton baptized his sister, and she needed to be baptized. Did you baptize Brandon that day? You did. Oh, I did. See, my mind comes and goes like crazy. Anyway, wonderful time in the Lord this morning. I've been up since the wee hours of the morning, so if I'm kind of dragging, it's because I am spiritually on fire. I'm telling you, but my butt is tired. I shouldn't have said it like this, should I? <laughs> All right. To God be the glory. We're going to pray for Brother Amelia um, and, and David. Okay. We're seeing power coming from Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the Word of God tells you, and I, in Psalms 120, verse 7, I think it is. Sometimes I get, it could be 107, verse 20. Sometimes I get those verses flop, you know, in my mind. But it said, and he sent his word and healed them. Okay? Jesus Christ is the word of God. Revelation chapter 19 tells us that, that his name is the word of God. And so we're asking, Father, to send his word to heal Brother Million, because it's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? And if anybody out there suffering from any kind of infirmity, we ask you now to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. There's power in the name of Jesus. I was reading again about the uh, demonic spirits and things. Uh, Israel did not know anything about how God was going to work with demons. That is, casting their butts out of people until Lord Jesus showed up. It's amazing how 1,500 years of Israeli history, God reserved a time for his son, Jesus. And when Jesus showed up, oh, come on, somebody, thing was glorious. He was in the synagogue preaching there in Capernaum when all of a sudden a demon cried out in the man in church, although we would call it church, but the synagogue. And Jesus rebuked the demon right in the synagogue and cast them out. Can you imagine what the other people sitting in that service myself thought? Because no one really knew about this stuff on a large scale until Lord Jesus showed up. And when he showed up, them demons began to screech and holler because the demon cried out in the church service, shall I, shall I say in the Jewish worship service, the demon cried out, we know who you are, son of the most high God. Have you come to torment us? And Jesus said, be quiet and come out of him. And the people, the priests and all heard Lord Jesus say this. Can you imagine what was going through their minds when these demons spoke audibly and the people heard the demons speak and Lord Jesus told the demon to shut up and then come out? And it did, because there's power in the name of Jesus. Come on now. Come on. Jesus is awesome. And another thing that we need to be more and more of is, have you ever heard the, the, the term etrocentric? 
That means to be completely evolved in Jesus. Jesus Christ is the center figure of all life. Okay? He is the life of the universe. Not just earth. Jesus is the life of the universe. And so what we're going to see tonight, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer here just a second. But what we're going to see here tonight in the last chapter of, of the book of Galatians is that Paul has demonstrated to a church that somewhere along their walk with the Lord, they got off course by listening to false teachers, talking about circumcision. And then he brings them back on course. And then he tells them something that had never been said to any person in the Bible. He described a characteristic of the Holy Spirit himself, his personality. When we call it the fruit of the... Okay. And he said, this is how your life is supposed to be. Because this is what your life were prior to Jesus saving you. And then when God sent his spirit in you, now your life is transformed. And you no longer have this behemoth type nasty attitude. Notice how I put that shell behemoth type nasty attitude. Yeah, bigger than life stinking attitude. But now you're supposed to have this humble and meek loving, kind, joyful, patient, long-suffering, with gentleness type of attitude because that's what the Spirit of God is. And now that you have that, once you got him back on, on track, he says, now that you have this, now it's time for you to look out for one another. Boy, 21st century church can really learn from this, Okay. We have to go back a few centuries now in the Bible to take a look at and see how we're supposed to operate today. It's really sad. And, uh, oh, yeah, the other thing that I wanted to share really quick, Pastor Kyle's anniversary this Saturday starts at 12 o'clock. Okay, at Mount Olive, at the church. And we'd like as many participants as possible. They might not have anything going on because one of the old... Well, we got, we got a call. It's, it's on. Oh, it is. Okay. It's on. It's on. One of the previous pastors passed, uh, Reverend L.C. Hunt. He's actually the brother of one of my aunt's husband. So very close to me, yes. So he was the baby boy, and he died in the sleep the other night. He went away. He passed on in the glory peaculely. To be absent with the, the absent in the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Go, Jesus. No in between. No in between, baby. No in between. All Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen? All right. Aiden, will you will you start us off in prayer tonight? Yeah. Hey God, I thank you for this day. I Go ahead, Abby. Go. I pray that you you give us all the strength to spread your word. Um, I pray for everybody in my family. I pray for everybody in this church, which is my family. I pray for Brother Emilio and Brother Dave. And I pray that you touch them and heal them in Jesus' name. Father God, we just lift you up tonight. Yes, Lord. We've got 
our marching orders. Give each one of us the the understanding, the strength, the fortitude, and the positive just to go forward, Lord. Go forward and reach the souls for you. You've given Pastor ideas for us to move forward and we're just claiming growth for our church. We know that you've got a plan for us and we're all working together for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I just want to, I want to thank you for all the blessings that you have given our church, our lives, for the Native Americans up in North Dakota, protecting their water, um, give them strength to withstand and hold out because, because What's right is right, and clean water is very important. I don't pray for um, the hearts of our children. Just give them honest hearts, Lord. Just touch their souls. Fill them up with the Holy Ghost and let them, let them learn right from wrong and, and grow to be strong women and, and men of God and to continue spreading your word and teaching others about you and, and just let them feel you Matthew Miss Marie, did you pray? I want you to hold my hand and guide me and keep evil away from me. I ask you every day to hold my hand because I don't want evil around me at all, at all, at all. And give me the strength and the knowledge to witness Jesus, your son, and protect my family here 
from evil. In Jesus' name I ask you this. Thank you. I love you. Amen. Father, you're so awesome in all of your ways. And Lord God, people are walking by wondering what are we doing here? Lord Jesus, I just pray that your spirit touch some. Lord God, Jesus is the absolute person of the universe because you made him as such, Lord God. You used him to create everything. And Father, help us to just portray Jesus as he is. Your very loving son who's full of power and life. And uh, Lord, we're asking that Jesus would be proclaimed wherever we are. And Lord, you heard the mouth of children praying to you. And Father, as I said to you, you you've given us a mission to do, but we can't do it without resources, and you have the resources. And we ask you for those resources, and we know that you have loosed the heavens to pour down blessings upon us. And Lord Jesus, you're, you're the Lord of the harvest. And these, your sons and daughters are going to work fervently for you because they love you, Lord. And when they get a little exhausted, give them rest and give them, give them that blessed assurance, Father, that they're on the right track and they're doing what you have called us to do. And Lord, I will do my very best to teach them to the best of my ability. As Paul said, him that teach, let him teach to the best of his ability. And I promise you, Lord Jesus, I'll give you my all in all because there's no one greater than you in our lives and we love you. And we're praying continually for our country, Lord. You already know the outcome of this election. And Lord God, we're just praying that your will be done, not our, but yours, Father. And that you will use this time, Father, to bring men and women and boys and girls to your son, Jesus. Awaken your churches, Lord. Bring a revival in your church, Lord. And we're asking the Holy Spirit, just, you are alive. You're the spirit of the living God who has quickened us. You gave us life. And we're asking you now, Lord, bind every demon spirit that's been hindering us, that's been influencing our minds, especially me, Lord. I need your protection around me like I've never had it before, Jesus. I need your blood cover me. I need your spirit walking with me. As Moses said, Lord, unless you go with us, we are not going. And Lord God, unless you go with us to the next step, to the next phase, Lord, we can't go. We can't do anything without you, Lord Jesus. You are the true vine of God, and we are your branches. And we definitely are abiding in you, Lord. So you are all our nutrients, all our resources. You are everything. And so, Lord, we're clinging to you because our very lives depend on you, Jesus. And we're asking now that by your spirit, watch over Israel. We love Israel here at WC. And we want Israel to prosper in your sight. And we want Israel to turn to you, Jesus, as their Messiah, because you are their Messiah. And we want them to surrender to your Lordship. And we want the nations to surrender to you. And Father, you have already given your son the nations as an inheritance and the ends of the earth, his possession. And so we're asking, Lord, have your way with your son. Exalt your son in all the earth. Jesus is Lord over all the earth. And we're asking you, Father, now, have your way in this Bible study. Allow your spirit to speak, teach, and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Miss Vicki, you fired up? Let's go.
Let's see what's going on with the computer over here. Um, anyway, um, what can you tell me about Galatians? What is going on with Galatians? Come on back, operator. I need you up here quickly. And so, here we have. Let's take a look. Let's do King James. Let's start off with that one. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. What does that mean, Shelley? If a man been overtaken in a fault. What does that mean? Taken by sin. Taken by sin. That's right. Done something wrong, right? Whether it's to you or to God. All sin is against God, right? And we know that from King David in Psalms 51. And so he says, now, if a brother has been overcome or man has been overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, what does that mean, Miss Vicky? You who are spiritual, what is he saying there? Uh, the ones that believe in the cross. One who believe in the cross of Jesus Christ, believe in the Lord Jesus, walking with the Lord Jesus, walking in the Holy Spirit, right? Rather than the law. That's right. That's huge what you just said. Okay? Because the law condemns, right? But Jesus is compassionate and forgiven. Okay? So, you who are spiritual, we're the ones. Who are the ones supposed to be spiritual? The church. All of us should do what? Raise our hand. But sometimes we fall. And as King David said in Psalm 37, he said, Lord, he said, Lord, though I fall, you will still hold me by my hand. The word fall there that's been translated, David said, even if I slip in sin, God, please don't let me go. He's asking for what? Mercy. In the New Testament, we see the word grace over the word mercy, right? Commonly more used. But still, yes, ma'am. The way I see it is that many, most people call themselves a Christian, but not everybody is a Christian. They're, we are the, that's, that's the ones overtaken in a fault. We're the spiritual ones, the born again, spirit filled are the Christians. That's right. These, Paul had just called out what? The true believers, the true followers of Christ. He said, listen, you who are spiritual, okay? Because this, if a man is overtaken in a fault, because that can be anybody, right? That could be your next door neighbor. If that person has fallen, you and I need to be doing what? Not condemning, but going and trying to... Yeah, well, what does it say here? Let's go to the NFV for the next part of the next phrase of this. You who are spiritual should restore him gently. New King James says, what? Brother, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, that means sin, you who are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Okay? That means take it easy on him or on her. Now, I know human nature, we do beat people up at times, more than what we, what, should. Here's the measuring stick for it. 
What if you was the person? Hmm? What if you was the one who has fallen? How would you want your brothers and sisters to treat you? How would I want you as a pastor, especially? Because, boy, we really hammer pastors so bad that sometimes they don't return to ministry. I want to bring something to your attention, okay? One of the worst things that you can do to God is commit idol worship. Am I right? Idol worship, I-D-O-L, worshiping a false god. Let's take a look way back. Moses was on the mountain in the presence of God. And what was his older brother doing? Making a golden calf and saying, here is your God. If that's not the biggest sin, if we can classify it as such, that is against what? God. And at the same time, God had appointed his older brother as what? The high priest. And yet, the future high priest was down there making what? An idol. I remember when I first read that, I had gone, God, you should have killed him. But now that I understand God's plan of salvation, I'm going, no, God. <laughs> Be merciful to him. But a lot of those people were killed. They were the ones who continually <coughs> to rebel against God. Yes, he did. He opened up the earth and did what? Killed them. Even allowed snakes to do what? Bite them. Even allowed the water to do what? The bitter water to do what? Kill some of them. So, yet, God, according to Hebrews 6, it said, even though a lot of them fell, remember when the spies came back from scouting out the land? And 10 of them really discouraged the heart of the people, said they're giants in the land and we're like grasshoppers. But Caleb and Joshua said, oh, we could take them with the help of the Lord. Okay, but the 10 overrode that and put fear in the people. And the people said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going in there. And God said, because you have not believed me, you shall not enter the promised land. And for 40 years, he made them one a year for each day that the spies were in the land. 40 days, Clinton. The spies was in the land for 40 days. And God made them wonder for one year for every day that the spies were in there. And to all of them who had, re- who had rebelled against God in disbelief, fell dead in the wilderness. The ones who went into the promised land were second generation ones. The only ones who actually came out of Egypt, okay, as an adult and went into the promised land was Caleb and Joshua. Because they believe God. And so, still, even in that, the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, said God, even though they did not go into the promised land, God did not do away with them. That means that, as I read that, there was still hope for them being with God. And so, Jesus is telling you and I, Especially, remember last week we talked about Peter, how he came to the Lord? 
And said, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how many times shall I forgive him? Seven times seven? And Jesus said, no, not seven times seven, but what? Seventy times seven, which he really didn't, wasn't calculating a, a specific number of times to forgive. He was telling him as many times as it what? Takes. Okay. And, and also, do you recall me telling you that God is greater than man? So when we don't think a person needs to be forgiven, God says, yes. I work law enforcement in the army and I witnessed some treacherous crimes. I mean, some crimes that made us cry. Crimes against children. A two-year-old girl taken from her home one o'clock in the morning by a friend of the family was raped until she died and thrown into a rock quarry. The Germans found the, the killer through DNA testing of 500 soldiers. It was the best friend, Clinton, of the family that did it. I think about that. I think about that little girl and where they found her body at. I know the location in Germany. And I think about what the parents may have been thinking. And I also, when I was a classification officer at Lowell, I had the privilege of reading all the cases while the people that was on my team, while they were in prison. And I remember reading this one case. I had gone up to visit the education center and I noticed the ambulance, the paramedics was up there. And this one inmate, they were there to get her because she had had a seizure. And they're going, what's she doing in the education building? Anyway, she's not on my team. She's not even supposed to be on her. Normally, she would have been put in lockup, okay, for being in a restricted area. So I went back, and I pulled her file, and I read it. Uh, hmm. And why is she here anyway? She's from Lake City, Shelly. And she was a friend of this girl that lived uh, quite a distance away, this lady. And they were best friends, Shelly. And this lady had a small baby boy. And she would come and let her keep her baby boy while she attended college because the drive was too far for her to go back and forth. And she would stay with him. They were good friends. Well, this one particular day, she took this little baby boy in, we don't know if it was done at CVS or outside of CVS, but took a 357 Magnum at point range to the head and pulled the trigger and left the body in the bathroom in CVS and the pharmacist found it when he went in the bathroom. And there, this precious little jewel was gone. What I read next is what every one of you all need to take heed to. It's called the impact statement. This is when the victim gets to read his or her heart to the court. So on the day of her sentencing, 
the mother stood up in court and read her impact statement. And here's what she said. I don't want you, I don't want your mother to experience what you did to me. I don't want the courts to take your life like you took the life of my child and have your mother to suffer the way that I did. Because that's not the way God wants things. She said, but you do need to pay for what you did. And I pray to God that the court spare your life. And when I read that, I think before I finished reading, the paper was wet as I read that impact statement. What a heart. And she said, and I forgive you. But to say I don't want what, ha uh, what happened to me to happen to your mom, I mean to happen to your mother, what you did to me. She said, you ripped my heart out when you killed my child. I don't want that to happen to your mother. What a heart of Christ. Come, can y'all see that? Isn't that why Jesus went to the cross? Because mm -hmm. we ripped his father's heart out with our sin. And Jesus didn't want us to suffer the way his father suffered from our sins because he suffered for us. Wow. And we can't take a little gentle heart that the Holy Spirit has given us and turn around and say to a brother or sister, say, listen, I understand you messed up. How can I help you? I, I, listen, every now and then, Shelly or Clinton or Miss Marie, Miss Marie got me the other day. She said, come on now, you're the pastor. And you know what? She don't know it, but the Holy Ghost got me. I went down on my face before God. And I said, Lord, please forgive me. And I went and found that person. I said, hey, forgive me for the way I treated you the other day. I'm sorry. And they said, it's all right. I had to go and humble myself. So I'm to be like Christ. I can't remain with a prideful heart and not humble myself. Self-righteousness God does not like. I told y'all what self-righteousness looked like to God, didn't it? Filter rags. Of course, we don't want to go into that definition, do we? So, and here's the other part, Deacon, of that verse. But watch yourself, or you also may be what? Tempted. You watch. And that's why I, I, I don't understand, Shelly, when brothers and sisters in Christ get so dogmatic about put them out, put them out, put them out, when they're going, wait a minute. What if it was you? Because do you not remember that at one time your name and my name was not written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Yeah. 
Do you remember at one time we were enemies of God until Jesus came and made peace with God by his blood, as Paul wrote in, the, in his letter to the Colossian church? He said it was Jesus on the cross made peace with God on our behalf, not us. Jesus did. So I'm learning even more about the Spirit through you all to be even more humble. And sometimes I don't want to because I'm a man. Okay? And my old thing, I'm a soldier. Nobody talked to me like that. But in fact, who cares? <laughs> Amen? Who cares? You claim Jesus. And if you're claiming Jesus as your Lord, then people need to see the results. And that's the biggest indictment that the world has against the church. We can't tell any difference than you than us. But it can change. And it changed with me, and it changes with you. But each one of us doing our little part of going to people and saying, look, understand. Understand. Because I wasn't born a child of God. Jesus called me. What did he tell them in John chapter 15? He said, you, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Whoa, that's heavy in the deep. Because if I'd have had my way continuing, Miss Vicky Boy, I'd have been out there still partying and probably been in the grave. Okay? But the Lord had mercy on me and saved me. So verse 1 is pretty huge, isn't it? So you see the transition that he made? First he told them that, look, you all were just a bunch of wicked people. And he put himself in that. He said, but then when you got saved, God put a spirit in you. And so the spirit have these, these, these characteristics, have this characteristic with these traits. Love, peace, joy, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, you know, self-control and all this stuff. He said, of such there is no law. Right? So that means that your attitude and your character and your personality and all need to be changed now. Uh, Paul calls it over in uh, Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 2. He said, be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? And particularly in verse 1, he said, present your bodies as a what? Living sacrifice. What do you think that means? Living sacrifice means be the living example of Christ on earth. That's what that means. That means we take the high road, not sometimes, but what? All the time. We don't set the standard. Jesus have already set the standard. We live by the standard, which is the word of God. And I know I hadn't always and. The other day was a good example of that, Ms. Marie, and you got me. She got me good. She didn't let me go either. But you're the pastor. Go, Ooh. She don't realize, but that dagger went right into my heart. Bam, that dagger of correction went right there. I'm sorry. No, why are you sorry? Because it, it, brought me, it brought me to godless sorrow, which brought me to repentance. Okay? And because that's, if your pastor can't do that, 
then you don't need me. Okay? If I can't set the example in humbling myself and show you all that I messed up and allow God to use you to make correction on me and then I correct myself with that correction, I don't need to be here. I'm a fraud. And I don't want to be a fraud in the eyes of God. Okay? And so, um, he said, carry each other's burdens. That's reminiscent of you picking up the load and putting it on your back and carrying it. A classic example of that in the Bible, Jesus is carrying the cross and he falls down. What happened? The man was ordered to come. Simon of Cyrene came over and did what? Picked up the cross and began to help Jesus carry it. That is a burden bearer. That's what God, you all, you all don't realize that that was put there for our example. So that we would know how to come alongside someone and help them carry their load. That's important, pretty important to get. Because this is from the Holy Ghost. He told Paul to write this. Nothing like this is written anywhere else in the Bible. Did you know that? He said, you, you bear one another's burdens. He didn't say for Mr. World to come out there and bear our burden. He told us to be the burden bearers. Did you see that? And just and back up for a second, and that word, he said, also you may be tempted. That word tempted there in the Greek also means tested. So you never know when you're going to come along and be tested. Just to see what you're going to do. How many times in the Bible it tells us that God tested Israel when they was in the wilderness? Just to see what they would do. Remember prior to Jesus feeding the 5,000 up there in Bethsaida in northern Israel, there in the north part of the Sea of Galilee? When it came, said, Lord, you know, send the crowd away so that they can go and get something to eat. They've been with you all along. The people are going to faint along the way. And Jesus said to the disciples, what? You give them something to eat. But did you read the rest of that, what, what, what was captured there in John chapter 6? Did you read what the rest of that said? Said he tested them for he himself knew what he was going to do. Now, how would you like to have them oranges and apples, Shelly? Saying, you go give them something to eat. Uh, the Lord was seeing if they were, in fact, going to turn to him. And you know what one of them did? He, in fact, did pass the test. Do you know his name? Do you remember? Huh? No, it was Andrew. Andrew said, there's a lad here. Well, what? You got it. So, Andrew took the lead, did he not? Hey, Jesus, there's someone here that got something. And Jesus said, and Jesus took the little and did what? Made something huge out of it. 
That's what happens when we go and carry someone else's burden. Is that Jesus, was, he will come under the weight. And he will carry the weight, even though we think we're carrying it, right? But all we have to do is take the first step. That's what, when Jesus told the disciples, you go and feed them. And Andrew found that lad, said, wait a minute, we, there's a lad here. He got something. And Andrew must have suspected that Jesus was going to do something with that. Did he not? Because what could five barley loaves and two small fish do for thousands of people? Right. So what could you do then, Miss Vicky, if there was a family on the weight of something that is so overbearing? What could you do other than, okay, I'm here for you. First of all, let's go down on our knees. We've seen a movie about this, Shelley. In Clinton, not long ago. And the movie was called War Room. Mm -hmm. Remember what the old lady did? She took that young girl under her wings, did she not? And she took that woman and she taught that woman how to love her husband, but most of all, how to love her what? God. How to trust in her God. How to trust in her Jesus. And taught that woman how to pick her husband up and carry him carried that burden. She said, God never called you to tell your husband what to do. God called you to pray for your husband and to love him. And God never called you to change your husband. God called you to love him and to be there for him. Huh? She said, when's the last time you prayed for your husband? When the last time you prayed for your husband. And you know what? That movie has a lot of truth in it, doesn't it, Clinton? You know, in my in my home life, I think of that movie and I use reference to it a lot. Because that's what he's talking about here. That that old lady helped that young lady carry the burden of her husband on her shoulders by giving it to who? Jesus. Jesus. And when she learned how to do that, Jesus came along under that weight and carried her husband to the point in which he repented of his sin and turn back to him because that's what it was all about. And so people, that's why we come to Bible study. We come to Bible study so that we can stay in right standing with God. And so we can help others around us to get right with God by coming to Jesus. That, you know, the burden of the world is supposed to be on our shoulders because we supposed to be carrying the cross. We're supposed to be carrying the gospel and giving the love of Christ to them. I know it's a little warm in here. And so if we're not doing that, if we're being too much of a critic, you want to, one of y'all want to turn the AC on? If we're being too much of a critic, then we need to go back to war room and get on our knees and say, Lord, I don't know where I went wrong. But I'm trusting you, Jesus, to help me get right. Sometimes I feel like I'm running along, running along, and all of a sudden some snatching me back in my track. Yeah. Sometimes we do appear to be regressing, Shelly. And I just told the Lord that the other day, I said, Father, I don't know why I do what I do when I sin against you. All I know that I'm not supposed to do it, but then I don't find the will to stop me. 
Please have mercy upon me, Jesus. I know this was wrong, and yet I did it anyway. Please, Jesus, help me. Help me turn back to you. Please restore me back in the right relationship with you. That's what I have to do. That's what the Holy Spirit leads me to do. That, that's what I am praying. Yes. And I do. When I'm driving, I'm praying. When I'm walking, I'm praying. Any answers? Any answers? So notice how we didn't get very far, Shelley. It has your name written all over this. <laughs> I'm a stinker, ain't I? <laughs> it has my name written all over it. Okay, he just turned the AC back down. All right, let's look over on the uh, New King James side. So bear one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of. Christ. Did Christ himself bear our burdens? Mm -hmm. He did. With every lash of that Roman whip. You remember reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, where Apostle Paul told this church, he said, Now God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin, on our what behalf some people and I told you all this before some theologians seem to think that you remember the three hours that of darkness that came upon the earth when Jesus was hanging on the cross some believe it was at that point in time in which God took our sins and placed them upon Jesus and because it was so heinous the world didn't need to see it so God camouflaged it by bringing the darkness. And it was at that time Jesus took his blood along with our sins and took and appeared before the Father and offered his blood as a sacrifice to God on our behalf. And when the Father accepted that blood offering of his Son, that's when the veil of the temple was rented in two, torn from top to bottom, not from bottom to the top, is this man going, because it was pretty, I think they said it was like 20 feet high, showing that there was God, him, and it was thick fabric too, showing that God himself did what? The ripping. Showing that the place into the Holy of Holies, which into the presence of God, had now been ripped open by Jesus, and through Jesus, man now had access to God. And so, this is some super cool stuff that Lord Jesus did. I mean, he made access to his Father for us. And having washed away our sins in his own blood, life doesn't get any better than this. And people are talking about, well, Christianity is a dead religion. Yeah, you're right. Christianity is a dead religion, but not Jesus. <laughs> Amen? Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive. Jesus is the living word of God. As the Holy Ghost pointed out to me the other day, and I want everyone of you, this is a side note for you, I want every one of you to get this into your hearts. The word of God that you have taken into your body, into your spirit over the years, or over the months, however length of time that you've been studying it, is a living word of God. It is in there, and it is alive in you. The only reason why it hadn't exploded in the fullness of life in you is probably because something that we are doing. We're quenching the spirit. Who is life? 
All we got to do is go to God by the Spirit and say, Lord, what am I doing to stop you from having your way in me? And then watch, because let me tell you something. This word is never dead. It is never dead. It is never outdated. It is never antiquated, as some like to say. It's not nostalgic, right? It is forever fresh in the heart of God. As the psalmist said, oh, Lord, your word is forever settled in heaven. That means that it's a done deal, Shelley. It is a done deal. And like we like to say it in today's language, and you can take that to the bank. <laughs> okay? And so, all right, NIV side. If anyone thinks he is something when he is, oh boy, this is huge. Boy, this knocked down proud, pride spirits, don't it? It sure does. If anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he what? He deceives himself. Okay. I was one of those people. I, let me tell you something. I had such horrible, such poor self-esteem growing up that when God did educate me, I want everybody to know that I was educated. I want to stick it in their face. And when I got out of the seminary the first time, because I've been blessed to go, what, twice. And the first time when I got out, every church that I would go to, I find myself judging the preachers. That's not right. That's not right. What's wrong with him? Couldn't he go to the Bible and see that that's not right? And that's all my mind did. Then what was really, really sad my wife started doing it. She started playing off me. Sammy, that's not right, is it? He need to go to seminary. That's what she started saying. And I go, oh, God, what have I done? And unfortunately, it's a natural reaction. He's a nurse watching TV when I see him do nursing things in the ER. I'm like, no, uh-uh, I know, that. I know better than that. And so I had to keep praying and asking God to humble me. Lord, you didn't send me here to judge people. You sent me here to encourage people. Please, Father. And boy, it just seemed like Clinton, it just stuck out every time somebody made a mistake. I mean, my mind caught it, you know? And then the Lord said, how you know you didn't make the mistake? Uh-oh, uh-oh. And so, uh, now, I'm, I told Shelly she was going to be the brunt of the Bible. She was going to be the object lesson tonight because she'd been picking on me all day. So do I tell people that I'm a doctor, that I have a doctorate degree? In fact, you ask him not to. I tell people, don't, don't do that. I am thankful that the Lord allowed me to get there, but it doesn't mean a hill of beans when it comes to heaven and earth. And the final analysis of things, it means nothing to Christ. Absolutely zero. That is all man-made stuff. That's what it is, Deacon. None of the apostles had it. One, one did, second-generation apostle, we would call him. And that's Luke the physician. Luke was a real doctor. Okay? But... Did he, did he boast about it? No. 
Other writers call him Luke the, love, the beloved physician. Okay? Luke wrote to you about Jesus. He wrote to his friend Theophilus. He wrote two of the longest letters in the Bible. What were those two letters? It's just a side note here. The book of Luke, or the Gospel of Luke, and what? Come on, little man, you own it. Nope. Acts. Mm-hmm. The book of Acts. So, if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, that used to get me. I'm going to throw this out there. And some people may give me a backlash of it. I don't care. I really don't care. When I was in the Army, it seemed like every black sergeant had to have a BMW or a Mercedes. You know, they had to have a car to, to show like they got status. Dude, I know how much money you're making. Okay? You're barely meeting, you know, you're probably eating poking beans and rice. Because you're paying the rest of that with your, your salary on that car. And they would have the best suits you'll see in And boy, they would step out and they have their fancy cars and all them going, I know what your insurance costing you because it's eating you up on that car. I know the maintenance package on it because they buy them in Germany and the maintenance car package on German cars is not cheap. Okay? And if you bought a Volvo, that definitely ate you up out of Sweden or the Saab. And so I knew that they were perpetrating the fraud. They were pretending to be something, this high-status person, when they come home among their relatives. Oh, I could so Did you see his car? Yeah. Pretending to be something that they are not. And too often in the status quo in life, we do see people that way. And you wouldn't believe. How many times I've seen people needed help in the soup line because... You know, living beyond that means. Or walking and pretending to be somebody. I've seen people in ministry. They're walking like they're the owners of God's house. And I'm going, there's nothing wrong having a nice suit on. There's nothing wrong going into a nice church building. Am I right, Ms. Vicky? There's nothing wrong with those things. But when you start shoving it down other people's throats, you got a problem. And you don't have a problem with me. You got a problem with Jesus. When you start, when you do it just for image. Okay. When you start doing it for image. And sadly, the Western churches, a lot of them do it for image. Because Jesus told us in his first sermon on the Mount. Now, Miss Vicky, she's very, pretty clever. She's following me very closely here. She's not saying anything, but she's watching me tonight. <laughs> Listen, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, do your good works, right? So that they can be seen by men. But for what purpose, though? To glorify my Father. Yes! To glorify Father. Father. Or, and I think he used the pronoun, your Father. So they would glorify your Father who is in heaven. You got it. One of her favorite verses. That's why I brought it up. And so, why do we do things? So that we can bring glory to God and to Jesus Christ our Lord. And in the finest definition of the word glory, 
mean that we're doing it to please God and not man. Okay? Does any of this making any sense to you all tonight? Y'all think we're going to get through this chapter? Oh, we'll see what the Holy Spirit says. Now, look at the next verse. Each one should test his own what? Actions are his own work. That means, Clinton, you look at your own motive while you're doing something. You determine if you're doing something for showboat or you have an ulterior motive that you want something out of this. This is why you're doing it. And sometimes when people, when I was in another church on staff, when certain people would come to me and say, Sammy, what about this? And I'm going, and I stand back and look and go, uh-huh. Is it 7.30? Yeah. 7.25. Oh, my Lord. I've been talking that long? Well, we had a pretty good prayer session, though, didn't we? Good, though. Yeah. Well, let me finish the talk. I guess we won't finish the chapter tonight. <laughs> so the people would come and they would say uh, we need to do this or I want to do this and I would say why because the church really needs to do this are you sure yes then I go what's in it for you what's in it for you don't we need to be asking ourselves that? Why am I doing this? Why is WOC going out into the sectors of the city? Bring glory to God. You betcha. And to bring the name of Jesus to this town even more so. So that people can see the works of Jesus Christ. Okay? And now, we're never surprised, amen? <laughs> we're never surprised. To God be the glory. To you who think you're something, when you're really nothing, you're deceiving yourself. So I tell people, and I'm going to talk street language like my wife don't like me to talk. I ain't got nothing. I got too many kids. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I'm poor. <laughs> but you was in the Army. Army people got a lot of money. I said, have you seen my bank account? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen our church? <laughs> we're poor people. That is an earthly thing, but we're rich in what? Glory. In Jesus. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Your boy waking up, Shelly. We may have to say special prayer for Tucker. Oh, we're going to. We're going to lay hands. His leg is hurt pretty bad. We're going to lay hands on Mr. Tucker here in a minute. And so as we close out, I was thinking we were going to finish out Galatian today, but <laughs> Shelly got to asking too many questions. <laughs> Not. <laughs> This is a part, this is the absolutely, chapter 6 now, 
is the transformed Christian life. Did you see that, Miss Vicky? In Galatians chapter 6 is the transformed Christian life. Okay? And it actually shows maturity in Christ. So when Paul said, bear one another burdens, that's showing the maturity. Okay? We're no longer elementary students of the gospel. We're no longer elementary kids in the kingdom of our God. We're actually growing up. And now we know how to care for one another. And that's what it's all about. Because when we do that, it exalts the name of Jesus. Any questions? Have the Shelly get that off her face? Come on. Sign of maturity is when you look at yourself to see what are your motives. Right. When he's a very big sign of maturity. It is. When he says test yourself. And, and I guess another way to say that, Miss Vicky and, and Miss Tamara, is judge yourself. Yeah. God remember Paul said, if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. Put yourself through the scrutiny. And see if we're lining up with Christ. Okay? Paul gives a very good example of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 when you're talking about running the race. Okay? And it says, he did not want to become disqualified in this race. So he beats himself. He said, King James, I think, uses the word buffet. He said, I buffet myself, not as one beat in the air. But he says, I bring myself under subjection so that I will not be disqualified. Another way of saying it is I exercise myself. I gym it's where our uh, English word gym gymnastics comes from. That I exercise myself to the point that I'm well disciplined so that I will not be disqualified. I know how to stay in my lane as a runner. Okay, and I know how to finish the race well, and I've disciplined myself so that I can finish this race well. And we do know he did finish well. He did give a, an excellent obituary eulogy of himself. I know we're getting ready to go home, Shelly. Kids got to go home, and I know y'all gonna roll roll Tucker up here, roll him up here. The Holy Ghost gonna take care of him. Roll him on up here. But Paul, Paul does says. It is time for me to be what? Offered up and to be poured out as a drink offering. He said, I have finished my race. Right? He said, I finished it well. So now it's time for me to be poured out. Do you know what that means, poured out? It's time for me to be executed. So it's time for me to go home to be with the Lord. He's finished his race. The other night, Reverend Hunt finished the race. In his sleep. Amen? Come on up here, baby boy. Uh-uh. Leave that. Put the brakes on it. I want you to walk up here in Jesus' name. Look, 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 look. There's power. Come on, say it with me. There's power. Come on, say it with me. There's power. In the name of Jesus. I want you to say it loud. There's power. Come on, tell her. Say, there's power. 
In the name of Jesus, that's power. In the name of Jesus, that's power. In the name of Jesus, to heal this ankle. That's what it is. Come on. That's power. In the name of Jesus. Okay? That's power. In the name of Jesus. You're okay. You're not going to break the table. Sit. That's power. power. In the name of Jesus. Where is it hurting? Come on. Give it to me. Do you believe? Come on. Say that's power. To heal my ankle. That's what it is. It's power. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. That's power. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Tell him. Say that's power, Jesus. In your name. Come on, tell him. Go beyond the pain, baby, and see Jesus healing you. There's power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Heal Tucker's ankle right now. It's not just, it's not the rest of the leg. It's in the ankle. There's power. Come on, tell him. In the name of Jesus. Come on, touch him. Power in the name of Jesus. Come on. There's power in the name of Jesus. Ankle in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Remember we said that God, people need to see God at what? At work. That's power in the name of Jesus. Yes, that's power in the name of Jesus. Come on. That's power. Stretch it out. Relax, Tucker, in the name of Jesus. Okay? That's power in the name of Jesus. You got soft tissue damage, buddy. There's power in the name of Jesus. He's going to heal this. Right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, bring healing to this tissue. Right all around the ankle there, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. How does that feel? Tell me. Where does it hurt at? Huh? Come on. Move it. Move it. Stretch it out. Yes, stretch it out. Come on, stretch it out. In the name of Jesus, that's power. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Stretch it out. Move it up and down. There's power in the name of Jesus. Okay? How are you feeling? Huh? How are you feeling? Let's take a look at it. Come on. Come on up here, Shelly. Your mother's used to all this, right? See that? Mm-hmm. Where is it at? What's that, Shelly? Hmm? Yes. Right here. That's where it is. Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Right in there. Let's look at the rest of it. Come on. Come on, Tucker. We're praying. Come on. No, no, just bump your head, baby. Come on. Let's take a look at it. All right, examine it with me, Mama. Yes, we're praying. Complete healing, Jesus. Complete healing. Yes, I'm not here and I'm not there. Is this where it hurts, Bubba? Right there. What about your ankle? Is it okay? Is your foot? 
Okay, there's two knots right there. Lord Jesus. Yeah. Plus that's dirt, isn't it? That's dirt. That's, that's dirt. dirt. That's dirt there. But here there was not here and here. At first I thought, what is that? Jesus. That's some weird bruising. Yes. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, heal right now. Come on, kids, don't give up because what we see is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. That's power in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, for the glory of Jesus and for little Tucker, bring healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, there's power in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Right there. Right in here, Lord. That's where the injury is, Lord. Right in there. Right there where those... Is it hurt down here? It hurts on those two knots. Hmm? Okay, give him, give, him, give him some tissue. Give him some tissue on my desk. I know. Okay. Is that her up there? That's, yeah. Like you're okay. Okay. Lord God, we prayed. We prayed, Father, like you healed that little baby. Now, Lord Jesus, we're depending on you now. We're real, Lord. <laughs> Get out this chair. Okay. So do your mom and dad what they want to do with you? Shower his foot. Hmm? <laughs> Shower that foot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking Let's about. Let's take a look at the other one. They're trying to jump. Come on. I want to look at the other one. I go to Come on. here by myself. Shower. No, mom needs to slap him. He's bonus to win. Mom, you're going to walk Okay. Those two bones are there. We have two biceps. Look at that. He's got the same bumps on Yeah. There's some bumps on both of them. See right there? Okay, you hit that bone right there. Well, yes, Lord Jesus. Yeah, yes, Father, bring healing. It's tender right there. Oh, yeah, it's swollen. Right there. It's there, right there. It's the same knot. It's the same knot. But he hit it. Yeah, it's buff right there. And feel right here. The same, look, feel right there. Okay. Yeah, Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, hold on. Also, All right, no, Tucker. It hurts that bad because I... <laughs> Be healed in Jesus' name. 
You're healed in Jesus' name, buddy. All right, take them home and wash them up. When... Tucker has to be in the wheelchair. No, my baby's still sleeping. Huh? Mr. Dirt. Okay, Tucker. Alright, bow your heads. Let's close out in prayer. I believe the Lord has done something there. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the witness of Tucker. You're bringing your healing touch to him. Thank you for the Bible study. And Lord, we're praying that people around the world will hear this. And Lord, we'll use it as a testimony that Jesus, you're Lord, and you're the only way of salvation. There's no other way to God but through you. We're asking those that are listening that don't know Jesus, place your trust in him. He's washed your sins away with his blood. Trust him. He loves you. Invite him into your heart forever. Tell God that you've sinned and that you thank him for his son, Jesus, who paid the price for your sin on Calvary. We love you and God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.